0: fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair. My pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master.
1: My name is Megan Kelleher. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage.
2: I'll be playing Red Boothammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers.
3: I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are
4: she, hers.
0: clips. The party remained split. And in fact, on the previous episode, the last thing that had happened was a big fiery explosion. And when half of our party awoke, they found themselves locked in chains. They were in stocks in some sort of dark cave and they found that Lita and Kanan were nowhere to be found. However, they did meet somebody new. They met whiskey, which is a gnome. And then because they were all acting, very ridiculous to the guards and and, uh, and showing lots of insolence. They were fed up and they decided to feed them to a giant beast that is locked away in a cave. And when you were in that cave, it seemed like you were all going to probably die. I believe Ava was unconscious from the start. There's no weapons. You couldn't do any magic. And just when things were looking bleak, you ran into Captain Burke. Captain Burke was hiding in the ceiling and... Um, Managed to save all of you, and then you all managed to save Captain Burke. And next thing you know, you all are hiding in this cubby hole in the ceiling of the room above the beast, which had been shrunk down temporarily. Meanwhile, Soul Red and Dr. Shepard and Erky Timbers were searching for Captain Burke, and then by default, the rest of the party. And as you were all searching, you noticed that they were closer than you might have expected. Dr. Shepard had felt some sort of psychic connection form in his mind. And it turns out that somehow you were able to contact Ava. Ava had climbed up about as high as she could. And um, you were able to determine that they must be somewhere within 30 feet of where you're all standing. They're locked away you know, below ground in some sort of cave area, and you all were walking on the surface of the planet. So that's where we'll go ahead and start. At this moment, you can all communicate with each other. You have been doing so. Um, you're not really sure, you know, how to get to each other or necessarily where each other are, but you do know that you're within 30 feet somehow.
1: Dr. Shepard, are you, like, here? What's going on?
4: Yeah, me and uh, Sol- Red. You haven't got to meet Red yet, but uh, me, Solred, Erky...
1: I think we talked through a man's arm.
4: What What was
1: that? We spoke through a man's arm.
0: Yeah, I already told him, you don't have to hold it so damn close. And, like, Erky's trying to pull his arm back because you're still gripping onto it. Even though you've been talking psychically as
4: well. I, Adam, forgot about that part. I did... I... Yeah. Now it's coming back to me. It is coming back to me.
1: I feel like a weird echo.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember that I could, like, see either like a shaft or like a like an opening or did I not see that yet? I just know that they're within like the 30 feet or whatever.
0: Right, the very last thing that happened is you just knew that because you can communicate with her telepathically they must be within 30 feet. Okay. Um, you don't see like anything obvious at least right away but they had saw like a crack or something where a beam of sunlight was coming from that's the reason that David uh, climbed up there.
4: Alright, so Ava, where, what's it look like? Where are you? We're in like, above ground? But I don't see you.
1: We're underground. I am in, uh, I've climbed up some sort of a, like a crack in the ceiling. And uh, I can see a pinpoint of light, but I don't think I can get quite up there because it gets quite narrow up there.
4: Uh,
1: You must be right above us, right? If you can talk to me
4: yeah we gotta be really close uh so i'm gonna start looking around and just trying to see if i see anything that matches that like i don't know i don't know how I, if i'd be able to see like a hole in the ground anywhere
0: okay and what is soul red doing
2: are, are you two speaking telepathically or are, are you is <laughs> dr shepherd gonna mention what y'all are talking about yeah i think
4: <laughs> yeah i think after like i'll start looking and then i'll look back and see that um Uh, Solred and Erky aren't, aren't doing anything. Oh, they're, they're down somewhere under in a hole.
2: Uh, I think Solred will, um, try to determine if there's any, like if there's like a shaft or like a hole, maybe the ground kind of comes down to like, like there's like a divot somewhere where this is. And if she can determine something like that, she might pull her maul off her back and like kind of use it to kind of like move like the sand around to see if she can uncover more of a hole.
0: Okay. You do know that you were all following what looked like speeder tracks before in the kind of Sandy and the dirt on top. And it had started to go downward into a, into a Valley and you were all beginning to descend down this little Rocky Valley area when you came in contact with them. So it does seem like if you're going the way you're going, you would be, you know, going a little bit deeper I mean, you can make an investigation check if you would both like to kind of try to search the area to see if you can find something like that.
4: Yes, please. Let's do a... Um, should we do grid or spiral pattern?
2: Comb the desert. <laughs>
4: I will take it. Well, then it gave me a seven, desert.
2: so... A little six for me.
0: You rolled a six?
2: <laughs> I don't have any modifier.
0: Yeah, with a six and a seven, you do not see... I mean, it's it's not that you don't see anything. You see a lot of places. You see a lot of these big, like, jutting rock formations that, you know, go up maybe 10, 20 feet. Um, and they take up, like, you know, a decently large size area. But they're all over. Oh. You can, like, try to, like, search rocks and things like that. But it just kind of seems like... Imagine you're in, like, a almost like a desert type area and then there's like these big stone formations And
4: So I was picturing that we were looking like I Adam was picturing we were going to be looking for like a hole in the ground but now I'm starting to think that maybe like some of these like stacks might have a hole in the top of them like a chimney stack kind of thing I'm going to climb up on one since we didn't have any luck um, just combing the ground a little bit
1: Question How, I don't I don't know if this is too metagamey like would we or Dr. Shepard know um, the precise range of the telepathy because you can I triangulate it right <laughs> tele- <laughs> I was thinking that too like, between like, just go, the go, like where, where does it disappear in both directions keep like keeping. the
2: comms could we yeah. like
3: whiskey has a thought because <laughs> you've you let us know that you heard him right oh yeah
4: I think in the last episode she shouted down
3: Why don't you climb out of that hole, and I'll shoot a firebolt up the hole, and they can just look at the firebolt.
5: Or I can enlarge you, and you can just punch the hole, because you'll be twice your size.
1: (laughs) Or, you know, stuck in the... I don't... If I'm twice my size, I won't fit in this hole.
2: (laughs) Well, the hole will make room for you.
0: (laughs) It does look like... The hole is very small, to where Ava couldn't keep going. Whiskey could probably fit in there, uh, to a point, but it does look like it's getting narrower and narrower and narrower into this little, you know, fissure above you. Yeah. But I mean,
1: what about Apricot? Is she around? Have we have we resummoned Apricot? Apricot? I can't remember.
0: It's not yet been an hour.
1: Okay, it has not yet. Yeah, it has not yet been an hour. Yeah. So
0: it's only been like fifteen minutes since you were all put in this room. Probably, maybe even less. But you could probably shoot a firebolt, I would think. If Let's you do that. To. Let's or do that. Or you try to climb higher, and you know, or do you want to just shoot it from the ground? Well, I
3: mean, it's it's 120 foot range,
0: so I
3: feel like I could shoot it from the ground, depending on how how high up the hole looks to be.
0: Yeah, you can go ahead and do that if you want. All right. Go well, I will climb down. At
4: is this? I'll um, climb down
1: and out of the way. Is
4: this happening as soon as I said I was climbing up and looking <laughs> in these stacks? Because that's gonna be real. Probably be real <laughs> out bad. Out here. of a barrel. <laughs>
2: is happening, or are we all above ground going to be surprised?
0: <laughs> well, I feel like Whiskey was saying it probably through the communicator, right? Because yeah. it kind of let you all know what she was going to What do. the plan
3: is. So yeah, that's a, a 25. A 25.
0: Alright, so as soon as Ava moves out of the way, Whiskey is able to just you know, she's been itching to use her magic for days now. And so finally, she can use it, yes. and she just shoots this fireball perfectly. And you, you hit that wherever that beam of light is coming from. You shut this fireball right, exactly there. And um, I think while the rest of you are looking, you would just see out of one of the stacks of rocks that are not too far away from you, a uh, kind of a, a bolt of fire
4: over there, over there. Climb down from my little pillar that I was climbing.
2: Swords doing like a waddle run in all of her armor. I picture,
4: Um, <laughs> uh, what is that? Um, her the the kid from movement. Up. I, was, I picture the kid from Up with the big backpack just like running and everything jingling.
2: All her armor and her twenty-five foot of movement. She's going as fast as she can.
0: Well, you do know they had to have been within 30 feet of you, so you don't have to run too (laughs) far. Yeah, that's
4: true. That's six seconds.
2: If they're on the edge, though, she still can't make it in that six
4: seconds. (laughs) I'll wait for you.
0: Only you had one more second. But uh, you run over to where this fire, literally a firebolt, just launched out of the rocks a little bit. And and you were kind of right, Dr. Shepard. It wasn't directly on top of one of these, but it was kind of like coming out of the side of one of them, so it wasn't like completely ground level. But yeah, you're definitely able to see these rocks, and from your point of view, it just looks like a whole bunch of rocks with like, you know, random crevices where it just turns into darkness. But sure enough, you're looking at one of the areas where that fire had emitted from.
4: We would have never found that. Once I get up to it, I'll uh turn towards Soulred. Uh hammer? Just hammer it up?
2: Uh, yeah, if if, if Silver can determine that she's not going to end up just like crushing all of them underneath it with rocks, if she's going to hammer oh, it, that's... otherwise she'll just use her brute strength to try and pull away like at the earth, so that way they don't get crushed.
0: Yeah, the way it, the way this hole is where it's getting wider the closer it gets to all of them, I do feel like any rocks falling down would just go right directly on them.
2: Maybe she could swing it like a baseball bat and just take off the top of the, the spire. <laughs> But yeah, no, she'll, um, she can, she definitely has some strength, so she can start pulling it, like, up and away, rather than pushing the rocks down into the spire.
0: All right, so Solred runs over there and starts, uh, moving some of these rocks and trying to make this hole wider. What is everybody else going to be doing down below?
4: I will be giving Solred moral support by casting guidance on Solred.
0: What are you doing to guide her?
4: Um... So it's just—it's a touch, so I'll just kind of pat Solred on the back. You're doing really good. You're very strong. (laughs) Very strong. Much stronger than me. Look at this. I got negative one strength. I would just get in the way. I'm just trying to give myself an out.
2: Well, then you should probably back up so I can start throwing (laughs) some rocks here.
5: (laughs) And I will.
0: All right, I'll give you a hand. And uh, Erky runs over and starts helping her as well. So these two really short people are working pretty hard, while while Doctor Shepard, who's unusually tall, is just standing back watching, with only the closest thing he can do to a smirk. Very spindly with a smirk. Because nah. do they even have a mouth underneath the tentacles, or what is that like? Yeah, got.
4: Do I have a mouth? Of course, I've got a. Um. Of Course I've they have got, no mouth, yeah, and they I've must got, scream. I've got a voice I can also do, so I guess I have to have a mouth under there. Um, but yeah, so so what Guidance does, like, it sounds like Silverhead probably does, might not have to roll, but if um, Silverhead does have to roll, uh, she'll get a, a d4 added to the...
0: Well, I figure it's just, uh, it's it's not necessarily a success or fail, unless, like, someone came up on you all while you were doing this, I guess, but I feel like it's just a matter of time, really, Um, and that by Soul Red and Erky kind of working on this and trying to pull these rocks apart I think from below you would all definitely see that the hole is widening as more of this light is coming in from above and eventually um, the three of you, or I guess the four of you of Captain Burke that are down below you know, you see like their their shadows and stuff as someone above is scraping away all these rocks and you know, you all can assume it's them yeah
2: uh, Soul Red will shout down Hold on, Captain! We'll
0: get you out of there! You're doing great! We'll try not to get squashed by these rocks!
2: That'd be preferred.
0: <laughs> I do feel like no matter what, there are gonna be a couple little pebbles here and there that come...
1: Oh, my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think as soon as it looks Just like... look the, up with your mouth yeah, open? Yeah. I think it looks... As soon as it looks like the hole is big enough for a person, I would try and spider-climb back up and out.
0: Yeah, I think it really probably only takes maybe like 15 minutes to kind of because it is rock, so it does take a minute to get some of the stone loose. But there is a hole already there, and so it is just a matter of time. And you know, Erky keeps using like his like that iron prosthetic arm. He like shove it in there and wedge it up like a crowbar, and uh, you're all able to just slowly move some of this rock away. And pretty soon, you'll just see Ava come crawling right out this right out this hole. Ava, you find yourself. Outside, on what seems to be like a... almost like a charcoal-colored desert landscape um, that seems to have a lot of these vertical boulders all around.
1: Um, I take a huge gasp of air because I've been underground forever, and then I immediately regret it, like <coughs> because it's just charcoal crap everywhere.
0: I was going to say, the sky looks almost like a dark green because of the way the planet is reflecting the light into the sky. It's not, you know, water like you're used to.
1: Yeah, um... Well, uh, <clears throat> hey everybody, uh, glad to glad to see you. It's been a long time.
4: This is Soulred.
1: So hard to like nod, but
2: continue to like still pull stuff away to make the hole a little larger.
1: Oh yeah, hey, uh, let me let me help with that. Thank you um, for for doing that, and I, I I go to help them.
0: As you're helping, so this hole is just getting wider and wider. I think that um, Captain Burke is going to climb up soon as well. And he's kind of just climbing up to the top and he's looking back and he's like, are you guys coming with? And he's like, waving the rest of them on.
3: Uh, you uh, you want to give me a hand? I'm a, I'm a bit short to, to get up there myself.
5: Info will slowly kind of stand up and like hoist her up. Nobody
2: has like 50 feet of hemp Thank and you. rope. Yeah, I was going to say, solar would anchor a rope down as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think with this rope and um, Captain Burke kind of pulling whiskey up from the top and then info handing her upwards as well I think it's just um, not too long before all of them are able to climb out of this hole as well and now you all stand outside in the desert you're not really sure where you are in relation to that to the entrance of the uh, military holding area but you do know you've made it out somehow Captain Birkin would be like oh my god it's it's been so long I thought y'all forgot about me. And he's going to run over to Erky uh, and then like kind of shake hands with soul red. And it's just, I mean, it's been a minute. They've been looking for Captain Burke a lot longer than you've all been separated. It's really only been like two days <laughs> for for the <laughs> Eclipse crew. A long two days.
2: Captain, it's its so good to see you.
0: I know. How did you find us?
2: I've been trying to contact you for weeks. Somehow, I guess the comms finally picked
0: up. It's good that it did. How did you, how did you know we were here? I mean, there's a creature down there, some sort of alien beast like I've never seen. We were that close to dying.
4: Yes, we followed speeder bike tracks.
0: And who's this person? I didn't know we were working with the Illithids now.
4: Mm, Dr. Shepard.
0: Captain? Wait, this is your Dr. Shepard you've been talking about? Yeah, careful, Captain. He's one of ours.
4: Is that a problem?
0: Well, if you all think we can trust them, then I'm on board. Now, where's the ship?
2: Sort <sighs> like looks that over way. the
5: hill. <laughs> far. <laughs> What's the range of our magic comms for the calling the ship?
4: I know we're out of range of Gary, right? Because I thought I'd try to talk to Gary and I couldn't.
0: I- yeah, you're too far for that. Um, I know On when you were all first separated, it was like three miles, I think, is how far you were able to call for Gary.
2: Do we have any, uh, suspicion that that firebolt that was launched off might have attracted attention?
4: Mmm, don't think so. Was that your firebolt? That was. Good thinking. I try. I was over there.
3: Well, now you're over here and that's that's what's the place to be.
5: Oh, Shepard, you should have seen it. I shrunk things. It was so cool.
4: Mmm. Sounds handy. I
5: I need you to fix me too. I'm
4: I'm yeah, hurt. Yeah, I'm I'm like eyeing them all over. How is everybody?
1: I died the usual amount. <laughs> uh, Sora uh, looks at you with concern.
5: <laughs> She's on a first name basis with three gods.
1: Death and I are old friends.
5: Yeah, does anybody need healed?
1: I could probably use some healing. Yeah, I wouldn't say no.
5: Yeah, I have
4: one hit point. <laughs> Jeez. I did. Uh, I did swap out some spells before this because clerics can swap them out on like long grass. But I, I just did it before this recording session since uh, I don't remember the last time I had a long grass. But it's been a while. But one thing I did get is Aura of Vitality, which is pretty cool. It lasts for a minute, and so for a bonus action, I can uh, give a creature, any creature, including myself, two d six hit points. And I figure however many bonus actions I can get in a minute while we're walking, I'll just kind of keep them around me because they got to be within 30 feet of me in like an aura for me to activate the thing. So I just figured like while we're walking, I'll just have this um I think it's probably like a belt that like releases these like uh, like a little cloud of nano bot things around me that kind of like you know stitch and bandage people up as we're walking. Oh yeah they're they're adorable Aww. by the way.
2: Sulrod accidentally
4: swats at one. Is it like buzzes faster. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll lose a two d six for breaking one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess technically it would be 10, 10 times I could do that. If if you want to work if you want to work it like that, Jeremy, it's weird because usually this would be in combat, right? But this is you know.
0: I mean, it's fine. You can heal people as you're walking.
4: Uh, seven eight eight ten ten seven. You're
5: weirdly consistent here.
4: And then, uh, yeah, I think, like, I, I think everybody that was above ground are good. So I think we would be divvying that up between Info and Ava, Whiskey, maybe give uh, Captain Burke some of that. I think it's probably more narrative at this point, since I do think we probably will just head to the ship and take a nap. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to throw that out there in case we get eaten by a sick. Just si- in case, in in case, case, case we, by yeah, somebody. or like a sandworm or it's something. True. I don't know. Sandworms
0: would not be good.
4: Jeremy knows he's got them statted up and ready to and go.
1: Timothy Chalamet is just riding by. <laughs> uh so that's how many hit points too? Uh,
4: no, so it would be I mean if we wanted to like we could say that like uh Ava would get the first two, so like fifteen um info could get the next two, eighteen oh, all right. and then Whiskey could get the next two, 17, and then um we'll we'll hope that <laughs> Captain is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you know what I've got I've got more. Uh let me throw another one at him real quick.
1: For those of us so I guess it would be me and info at this point and like I guess whiskey. Um we like had stuff when we arrived here. Um what became of that? Like, we were taken prisoner multiple times. I'm assuming they didn't give us back, like, our quick stim and, like, our stuff. My spell book.
0: Yeah, those things are inside Prometheus Zero. Oh, shit. Uh, like, your rifle or any of those plasma weapons, your crystal coils.
4: It's
0: all insured. The only ones you really had on you is your, like, your armor, like, clothing that you Oh, Oh, we had,
1: like, stolen some crystal stuff that we were able to use. Okay, well... I still got these, and I hold up my fists.
3: Yeah, um, I don't have anything like that. And uh, without my spellbook, I got Firebolt, and that's... uh...
4: You can have this, and I'll give you my uh, Spell Coil Staff. Let's you cast one... Mm, You know what? Firebolt might be better. (laughs) So it, it can cast an instant Are hit.
1: we still wearing our combat suits?
0: Yes, you do still have those.
1: Okay, I just don't, okay,
0: got it. And it, you were only, the only things that were taken off you, like I was saying before, like things that were external and obviously there. Like I think Info even mentions sneaking something before when you, like he's uh, he snuck the um, bag of holding, I think, when you were all like mining and stuff.
2: The sash of holding?
0: Yeah, the sash of holding. So I think you would still have that and, and things like that, but I don't. You know, like your, the rifles have been taken away, the laser swords and all that kind of stuff.
5: Well, I had a rifle, I had two rifles and a sword in the bat, in the sash of holding.
0: Oh, that is true. Oh yeah, you stole yeah. a Gith Yankee sword and two plasma rifles. So you do have that and each of the plasma rifles do have a crystal coil in them.
4: I, I did have a big gun for a while, too, but it you got too heavy. It yeah. yeah, it got, it got too heavy. we can backtrack so and pick it up. <laughs> get
2: it on the way back.
4: If we follow our tracks here, we'll find a big gun. It's very heavy.
2: red rolls Whiskey, her eyes. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> she probably doesn't Maybe think it's too that heavy. She <laughs> just didn't need it. Uh, if any of y'all are still, like, supremely low on health, like... Um, Sora does have a quick stim and she'd be willing to administer it to whoever if, if one of y'all is still like super low on health uh,
5: since I used that infusion to make the moon rock uh, that broke the bag of holding so all that shit just sort of fell out on the floor here um, so Info just kind of looked down at it as he's like putting the moon rocket in his,
0: rock in his pocket and go uh anyone want a rifle Mm-mm. sure I'll take a rifle if you're handing them out
5: If it was just going to hand him a rifle and put the sword in, like, his belt and then hold
0: the other rifle. Um, Captain Burke will look down to Whiskey. And don't you worry about a thing. Seven days from now, we'll be sitting in Waterdeep at the Yawning Portal and drinking an ale, and we can buy you any spell book you need.
3: All right. I appreciate that. It's a long seven days.
0: But first, we need to make it to the ship. Which way did y'all park? (laughs) And he's, like, pointing around. Because he has no idea which way y'all came from. He's looking to uh, the three of you.
2: Yeah, Solred will start retracing our steps back up the hill.
0: So you're all just going to walk back in the direction of the ship. It is, I think you all left in the very early morning, so it'd probably still be like late morning, early afternoon at this point. And you're all able to just very easily, you know, you can know the direction that you came from. And in fact, you can still see kind of some of the speeder tracks that you had all followed to this point. And I would say after about maybe an hour and a half of walking, sure enough, you get to the point where you know this is where you drop that heavy rifle. And it's just not there. What you do notice is that there are another set of speeder tracks that seem to have come from somewhere on the side. You're not tracking well enough to know how many or anything, but it seems like there were multiple people or something walking around in this area where the uh, gun had been dropped. And then you see that the newer speeder tracks seem to be going alongside the original ones. But yeah, the gun is gone, and you do see speeder tracks.
2: Shit. Shit. (laughs) Damn it, Chekhov.
4: Ah, so nice of you to stop by. Come in, come in. I'm Silas Lancaster, and this is my library. Within these tomes you will find tales of monsters,
5: both figurative and literal, tales to make the strongest of us blanch in fear. Such stories are dangerous, and consumption must be strictly rationed. As such, I shall share but one story from my library each Thursday in October each year. Be sure
4: to tune your wireless receiver to Storytime with Silas. Alternatively.
5: Subscribe on those podcast providers the youth seem so fond of. Hey,
0: everybody, this is Jeremy, and I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Abide Asteria. So, Abide Asteria is this brand new tabletop role playing system, and it is unlike any tabletop game that I have ever played before. So you actually don't even use dice. This is a card based system and you don't need to buy, you know, some Abide Asteria cards and then buy some new ones with an expansion or anything like that. All you need is a standard deck of playing cards and you are ready to play Abide Asteria. On top of that, Abide Asteria is 100% free. All you need to do is go to AbideAsteria.com and they have everything you need to get started right now. I'm talking quick rules, character building class options race options everything that you can think of is right there on abideasteria.com they even have character sheets that you can use so that you can play the game right away it is a super super awesome system it's very innovative It is a combination of both sci-fi and fantasy elements. It really hits all the different points that I'm looking for when it comes to playing a tabletop role-playing game. Jerundu and I actually had the pleasure of being able to test this game out the other day, and I'm telling you everybody, I am not exaggerating when this is one of the most innovative and one of the most fun tabletop role-playing systems that I have ever played. When you go to AbideAsteria.com, they have all the rules for you right there, 100% free, very well organized, very, very easy to get through it's extremely approachable the game and player's guide is also digital so it has these built-in hyperlinks where anytime it's referencing something in the text you just click the link and it takes you to that part of the document it was a whole lot of fun and you really need to go check it out once again that is abide hysteria and you can find that at abidisteria.com.
5: do you suffer from chronic storytelling dysfunction do you find you're overrun with trite tropes and cliche character patterns Well, you're not alone.
2: In my old age, I was tired of boring stories, but thanks to Dice
5: Chronicles, I feel young again. If you suffer from a lack of creative world-building or one-dimensional character development, Dice Chronicles may be just what you need. My characters always felt flat and unable to perform, but with Dice Chronicles, I'm not afraid of being my true self. Before I started listening to Dice Chronicles, I felt so alone in my hunger. But now I'm a first-rate villain. Dice Chronicles gave me a purpose, but most importantly, it gave me a terrible French accent. Hi, I'm Yarn,
2: and before Dice Chronicles, I used to be terrified of magic, but now after just a few episodes, I've got magic pouring
5: out of my eyeballs. I used to suffer from crippling anxiety, but thanks to Dice Chronicles,
0: now I only suffer from anxiety from going on an adventure with my friends.
5: Dice Chronicles is not responsible for rolling natural ones, TPKs, or the general feeling that our characters are better than yours. Ask your DM today if Dice Chronicles is right for you. Find us at Podbean.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
4: Oh no, the big heavy gun is
5: gone. Uh, Info's going to look at the tracks that double over and go, well shit, and he's going to cast Cure Wounds on himself again.
4: (laughs) Mm, Good call.
1: The good news is that we have Apricot back and I introduce Apricot to our new friends. This is my child. Um, She's very intelligent, and she's pleased to meet you. And I hold out my little white ferret to shake paws with all of our new friends.
4: It's kind of our mascot.
1: Not that Solred was,
2: like, real, like, stone-faced or anything, but she
1: visibly softens at
2: (laughs) the sight of Apricot. Everybody
4: does.
1: Yeah, she's good for that. She's, she's like, good for the soul. If you allow her to, um,
2: she'll, like... Because she's got, like, the big, bushy beard.
1: Like, <laughs> it'll just kind of snuggle
4: up. That's even you the beard.
1: <laughs>
0: also magical.
4: Also magical. It's a magical beard. We've seen the character art.
0: So, are you all just going to keep walking towards the ship where you had originally parked?
4: Yeah, I don't think we'd yeah. want to fuck around and find out anymore for the day. <laughs>
2: no, I'm good. And... Uh, Sora definitely has, like, the mall in hand, not, like, stashed away, and, like, is, like, surveying the horizon, just in case anything decides to come back up the tracks.
0: <laughs> Alright, so, you all continue walking, and I would say, another maybe 45 minutes or so passes, and you get to the part where the tracks had veered off from the side before the original tracks you had followed, and you notice that First of all, these new speeder tracks do not seem to be following them and do, in fact, seem to be headed straight in the direction where you parked your ship. You also know, just from you know remembering where you had walked only a couple hours before, um, that you're not really that far away from your ship. And the fact that you see these speeder tracks kind of lets you know you should probably be cautious. Um, from where you are at, you cannot see the area you've parked in. But you do kind of see, like, it, where you had parked was kind of like inside a little alcove, like, cliffs so that you're not completely visible. And it does seem like those speeder tracks are going right into that little area. Um, so how would you all like to approach this situation? It does just look like, you know, like a pair of tracks. It doesn't look like, a, like an armada or something. Maybe like two, two speeder bikes. Mm,
4: can you all call your Gary 2 yet?
0: I suppose I could uh, give it a call. Why what what do you want to ask?
4: If there are bad guys by it?
0: All right. If I mean if you think it'll do any good, I think you're just nervous. And he's going to pull up his arm, the one that you were talking into like a like a rotary dial phone and is going to just "Hey Gary, it's Turkey." And you'll hear the voice. "This is Gary." <laughs>
4: i like, nudge Captain. Ask him if there's bad guys.
1: Ask him if there's guys in general because I don't really trust a Gary to make a moral judgment on strangers.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Gary may think they're cool. It is
0: a different Gary. It's not your your Gary.
4: I well, Gary I called two. him Gary, too, and then Captain just called him Gary anyway. So.
0: They don't call him Gary, too. That's like, hey, Alexa, three, do you check my, <laughs> my Amazon list? <laughs> Hey, Gary, uh, how you doing out there? You got any company? Scanning area. There are four life forms detected. Mm,
4: How big are they? Are they like mm, rabbits or people?
1: There's
0: only two kinds of people.
4: Ask them that. (laughs) I'll like nudge them.
0: Gary, the, uh, the good doctor here wants to know how big they are. Scanning area. Humanoid in shape. Average height.
5: About six feet tall. Info's gonna grab the captain's arm and yell into it. Can you just come pick us up?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, Gary, they um you know he only responds to my voice. Uh hey Gary, um why don't you come and pick us up then? We're uh, right over here right right over the right over the cliff area. Come towards my transmission. Gary is now lifting off. Gary approaching. You hear like a rumble kind of off in the distance where you're walking towards, and you'll just see the probably ship.
4: like a hundred, couple hundred
0: feet away, right? <laughs> levitate up above the cliffs. Yeah, we
4: were probably so close. And then
0: it starts moving. Yeah, it seriously looks like like maybe 200 yards or something, 300 yards. And it just goes over this little cliff area. And when that happens, there are like, you hear, <laughs> And you see like oh, red shit. laser dot, like lasers shooting into the air at the ship. A couple of them seem to hit it, but the Gary is just moving. Like the ship is just coming directly at all of you Erky and Captain Burke and Solred's ship that has the Gary too, not the also the, Gary uh, not the Eclipse not just the Gary
1: we put like eyelashes on our Gary so you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah you know the difference between whenever because whenever we leave our Gary we put those big funny sunglasses uh, that like block out the sun so that they don't yeah and that's how you can tell our Gary apart from their Gary. <laughs> and if it's seasonal, we'll put antlers and a red nose on it.
0: Your Gary has the anime stickers on the window. Okay, so. I mean, yes. <laughs> my my
4: my stick ate yeah. your stick figure.
0: Um but you do see like the firing going off, and it does seem like there were people over there with rifles, uh laser rifles, and they're shooting them into the air. But the ship just comes... And it just lands right there, you know, blowing up all the sand and dust all right next to you all. And you are now at your ship.
4: Was it, like, fast enough that it way outpaced the people that were shooting at it? And we can, like, safely board it and try to get the hell out of here?
0: Um, They're not very far away. And for on speeders, it's, you know, if they immediately jump on those bikes, they'll probably be here in, like, a minute or less. But... The ship got over here pretty quickly. The longest part was probably the lift off and take off. The actual distance was, you know, nothing.
1: Yeah, Solar would be like, hurry, let's board. (laughs) I'd book it into the ship with Apricot. I'll
4: look at Erky. Don't tie me down again.
0: Just had to make sure I could trust you. My captain understands. And Burke just gives a thumbs up.
4: (laughs) I don't think that was a thumbs-up situation, but let's go.
0: I don't trust myself to do their voices back-to-back back anymore. <laughs> Everybody in! <laughs>
2: Fucking horrible. Get into Gary!
0: <laughs> all right, so you all climb inside this ship, and it does seem like as you're all going in there and the um, the entrance is starting to close back up and the hydraulics are kicking in, you do see two speeder bikes zipping down this uh, desert kind of cliffside, headed right towards you all. You just want to take off really quick, or what do you all want to do? Captain Burke will be like, "We have company," and he's pointing at the monitor where you can see them approaching.
4: Yeah, I kind of figure like it's not really our place to command their ship. I would I would expect Captain to do. I would feel rude like talking to his Gary because apparently his Gary doesn't answer anybody but him.
0: That's true. I feel like um Erky probably like ran to start, like, handling some of the controls. And I feel like maybe when he said that, he was saying it's a Soul Red, kind of like, since, you know, it's normally just the three of them piloting the ship alongside with Gary, too. But, um, yeah, I think he's like, he's like, we got company! And he starts, you know, going to the command and starting to shift it into gears and, like, press all these buttons, flick all these switches to get it to essentially not just lift off, but zip upwards extremely quickly. And it just goes straight into the air. Just curious, Solred, what kind of responsibilities does Solred like to take on the ship normally?
2: Yeah, I think Solred is probably always making sure that like all the mechanical stuff is functioning properly. So she probably does all of like the checks and make sure like the um, the thrusters are you know up to par and um, and. Like the engine, everything seems in order, and so she's probably got like a rotation where she checks all of the different areas um, as as they start to take off, and and so she doesn't even say anything to like the crew as we board. She just goes right into the routine.
0: All right, so your this ship is smaller than the Eclipse. Um, it's not quite as nearly as big. In fact, because the the Eclipse has like multiple rooms, <laughs> and this one's kind of like a big main shuttle hole, um you know it's like i mean it's big but it's just one big main room you all see that now down below as you're hovering because you haven't quite left the atmosphere or anything and you're just hovering in the air above these above the moon of sentinel and you see that the speeder bikes are down below and they're like shooting the lasers up in the air at you all but you know they're like kind of missing because you're pretty far up there But you all also notice that it seems like you can see now from this vantage point that that like way far where you were all walking and you can see the valley and the cliff and how far it goes down. And it looked like you were all walking into like the middle of a really large crater. And in the center of that crater, you see a big facility that seems to be like jutting out of the side of the crater that from up here just like looks like a massive, like black, like titanium block or something um, it's hard to make out details from this distance, but you can definitely see like a superstructure sticking outside the inside of this crater. Um, and from up here, it, you can also see like the crater looks like it goes down pretty deep. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you can you know likely assume that somewhere down in the middle of this crater would have been the entrance to, I guess, like the shuttle or to the, um, I guess, shuttle bay where you all had landed when you were first taken there. But you also notice that there is what looks like at least a dozen or so of these other speeder bikes zooming up that hill now towards you all. Now, they're grounded, of course. They can't reach the sky. But it does seem like ships will probably be following after. You do know when you went through the hangar before there were a lot of ships. So is there anything anyone on the ship would like to do? Or do you just want to captain to kind of get everyone out of there?
5: Info's going to go to the kitchen.
0: All right, you step back like four feet and there's a little table <laughs> on the side there's of the wall. a mini fridge
5: with
2: some sunny D's like, in a, it.
0: A little mini fridge, a Mr. Coffee. I'm going to start tinkering with the Mr.
5: Coffee to make a new steel defender.
4: Yeah, I fucking saw that coming. The
2: cabinet is just like the same type of like dehydrated whatever. Like clearly the three of us have not cared about what we were eating. It's just like a row of like canned, you know, pre-dehydrated stuff.
0: This is a whole bunch of lima beans.
1: Yeah, basically. Lunchables.
0: <laughs> yeah, every
4: can. They all have, like, names on it, like Soul Red Captain, but thing. all the cans are just lima beans anyway, so it doesn't it's even beans matter. beans all the way
1: down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think um, Ava would be looking around trying to get the lay of the land of the ship to see if there's, like, weapons Bins that can be fired, um, like defensively, or whether that's just all like under the captain's um purview and his control console.
0: So this ship is, I would say, like one and a half vans. Like imagine like a box van. It's like one and a half of those. There's like an area up front where you can sit, like maybe two people. A control panel. There are two cannons on the front. There is one main cannon that rests on the bottom of the ship. That's the only one that can rotate all the way around like a turret. There's like a middle table where Dr. Shepard had been strapped down before, and it's like a medical table. There's some monitors on the wall. Um, There is a control stick for the cannons up front as well as the one on the bottom. And then there's like the little kitchen thing, a little bathroom. And then there's like a rack that has a whole bunch of weapons and holds gear and equipment and things like that. But it is very basic. There's also like there where they sleep are like these little almost vertical shuttle pods that you'd like go in. It's like Alien where you'd like sit in there and then it would close. But instead of going into like a like a deep sleep for four months, you know, it takes like a long trip is like three or four days between planets. So they don't do that.
1: I was going to ask if it was like a like a real-life camper where there's like one shitty bed above the driver's seat that like no one wants to sleep in.
0: It's the, it's the Winnebago for Spaceballs. Yeah,
3: yeah I was, I was exactly.
1: Oh my That's God. Exactly um,
4: you fall asleep. <laughs> you roll off and knock out Captain in the middle oh of the God. night.
1: Um, I think if it's all the same to everybody else, I mean, I would probably check in with Soul Red, like just like point at the cannon like, you need want me to get on this or is that somebody else's job?
2: <clears throat> Solred like looks around as she's like trying to like check some things yeah that'd probably be good I haven't had to use it in a while so let's just just give it a go we'll, we'll see how it, ha- how it works
4: it's, it's on Solred's checklist but like like she mentioned she hasn't used it in so long that she's maybe missed a couple checks on it so we'll see if it works
0: so the ship rises straight up into the air and while you're up there Captain Burke's going to go. Um, there's something on the sensors, and on the sensors it looks like there are vehicles approaching um, because the the blips are registering not as not as the speed bikes, but other sort of aerial vehicles. Um, it seems like at the moment there's like four of them that are moving in this direction, and he's like, um, wh- "Where did you park at, Shepard? I don't know if we're gonna have time.
4: I mean, I I think I think I remember." that it was to the south.
0: And I would also say that all of you in the ship at once is not very comfortable. Like, you wouldn't want to go back. To <laughs> yeah, my, with like six people. My tentacles
4: here. are, like, on top of the captain's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, nice scalp massage. South. South. And what I'm going to be doing, like, throughout the journey, wherever we're going, is I'm going to be trying to radio Gary 1.
0: Uh, the captain's going to, so he has to shift the ship into a gear to go fast enough to try to escape all these approaching ships, but he can't leave the orbit. Or else the eclipse is basically being left behind. The eclipse and Gary, and who's in there? Steve?
4: Yeah, I left Steve back there, because I didn't think I could control Steve. I thought that Steve was just going to fucking go ham without, <laughs> without info, so I didn't want to bring him with me.
0: So Captain Burke's going to push it in a gear, and the ship takes off. And you were all going extremely fast. Um, at first, it's quite the rush, especially since you're all not seated correctly, since there's so many of you in this small ship. Um, but after a couple seconds, you get used to the speed. And it does seem like you're being uh, pursued. However, you have all managed to put quite the distance on them because they weren't certain which direction you were all going to be traveling. And he's like, oh, what should we do? Should we fight them or outrun them?" And he's heading south. And it's, it, you're going so fast that, you, you know, I don't know how you walked there, so you don't want to go too far.
4: Mm, Outrunning's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know what this ship's capable of. Red didn't know if the cannon would shoot.
1: I'm happy to try. You haven't had to use it in a while. <laughs> hey.
5: It has dust on it.
3: <laughs> Is there a manual on this ship? Can I, Can I read something? See if I can learn a little bit about it. I haven't been on one of these ones. Soren moves a couple cans of
2: lima beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <back. laughs> all right.
0: I don't think we have time. And you're gonna feel the ship shift suddenly to like the right really hard, oh and you all feel a blast hit the side of the ship. Um, it'll start beeping. But Gary too would be like, "Impact damage received, very oh. at any percent." Kind of like, damn it, get on those cannons! I sure hope they work.
4: Hit and it, Ava, press the shoot
0: button. Can I
1: tell exactly where it's coming from? Like, can I tell the direction that it came from?
0: Yeah, when you whip the ship around, you are facing directly at this thing. You see Burke reach over and he's trying to like press one of the buttons for the front cannons, but you're on the like the big cannon that's hanging off the, the belly of the ship. Okay. And this it looks like one of the Yankee ships is just speeding right towards you all.
1: I would very much like to hit that ship with a cannon.
0: Alright, go ahead and make an attack.
1: Do I add anything to it? I don't think I've we ever We haven't done ship combat ship since weapon. like
4: episode 1 or 2.
1: Yeah, and I was not doing anything during that. <laughs> I
4: was activating the shields. So like- Being a good dungeon dad.
1: Um, I will roll a d20. I have a plus 6 to engineering, so that's like a 23. Holy balls. <laughs>
2: what kind of ability skill is engineering? Because I don't have that.
1: Okay, it's intelligence. Oh, Ritz.
4: So there's three like special abilities Jeremy made for this campaign. There's alien knowledge, engineering, and It's
1: alien tech, space knowledge, and engineering. And engineering and space knowledge Uh, are intelligence, and alien tech is wisdom.
0: And everybody got to pick one to be. And you get to.
1: Oh, I guess yeah. I picked engineering. Right,
4: Right. I picked the alien knowledge or whatever it was so i mean it sounds like it sounds like soul red would probably be in, in engineering too if silver usually like repairing shit and stuff
0: all right so you jump onto the cannon and you go ahead and fire so you yeah, have a 20 plus engineering okay so
1: 23 23
0: all right seems like you know what you're doing and it seems like the cannon does still function despite being all dusty It lets out a loud screech as you turn it. It hasn't been used in combat in a while, but when you press the button, the thing fires uh, straight and true, and you can go ahead and roll damage. So the damage is going to be 3d8 magical force damage.
1: Okay. That is 13.
0: All right. So you fire this cannon at the Githyanki ship, and it is a perfect hit. And you see it blast the front of it. The ship is going to waver in speed for a moment, and you see like smoke coming off one of the side of its like little wings. Imagine like an X Wing from Star Wars that has like the wings that are going off the side. So it's much, even smaller, a single person ship, but a little bit faster. Um, But it is able to keep up, and it'll start firing back at the ship these smaller blasts. I'm gonna roll to see if they're able to hit with those. So they fire four of them, and only two of them hit. However, they're not nearly as powerful as your main cannon shot they only deal a total of 11 damage to the side of the ship so you all just hear like the rattling as these smaller laser shots are just pelting the side of the ship that you're driving and just as those laser shots are ricocheting off the side of your ship that is where we're going to end this episode of eclipse everybody this is jeremy your dm thank you so much for tuning into another episode of eclipse i hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it the plot is really starting to take off now so i'm super excited to get deeper into this story the next episode of eclipse will release in two weeks so make sure that you're subscribed to eclipse so you never miss an episode and if you've enjoyed Eclipse, Please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose podcast network. So you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week. So we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.